This edition of PHP Podcast is brought to you by Honey Badger. More on them later. Welcome to the official podcast of PHP Architect. Join us to listen to the latest news and tech talk from our conferences, the magazine, and wider PHP community. You're listening to the PHP Podcast, the official podcast of PHP Architect Magazine for April 2022, Volume 21, Issue 4, Testing the Core. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me is John Congdon. Hello, hello. Hey, John. Long time no talk. I can't even remember the last time we spoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good one. I like this issue. Enjoyed this read. It has a topic I've been so antsy to get into the magazine. And I'm so happy we found a contributor. We're, let's jump right into it then, why don't we? We are going to start with Growing the PHP Core One Test at a Time by Florian Engelhardt. And oh my goodness, what a great read. If you want to participate to PHP in any substantial way, testing is huge. You know, getting tests written for the PHP language itself is amazing. And I would be so scared to do it because I think I need to know C, but you don't. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. You don't need to know it. Uh, he does a great job of walking through what a test file looks like, what you need to do. And it's just, it's a, an amazing read. Yeah. Much like you, John, I, I've been wanting to figure out a way to contribute to the underlying language of PHP, PHP core for years. And I have to be honest with you. I kind of deviated from my job when the article was submitted and I immediately started following the, the the article as if I was reading the article. Like I, I cloned the, the repo. I started running, did the builds. I started running the test. And and then I remembered, oh, yeah, I got to finish like proofreading this article. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a job I have to do. But yeah, just a fantastic read. Get in there. Take a look. Uh, and let us know if you actually write something that gets merged into core. That'd be amazing. And that can just be a simple test. If you find a good test case that you don't feel is being used in core, read this article, understand how to write tests for the for the code base, and submit the test. Those yeah. are valid submissions into the PHP core. And what I love is he, he goes over some gotchas, too, things that you may not have thought about. You write a test, and then it fails, and you can't figure out why. And there, there are some things you do have to work around, and Florian does a good job of pointing those out. So part four of How to Hack Your Home with a Raspberry Pi by Ken Marks. And we are just chugging along in this series. How do you feel about this, John? I'm loving it. I think there's one more part after this where he kind of brings it all together. But in this one, he starts actually using an API and gets into some actual PHP code. It might be a little confusing if you just picked up the article, uh, if you just picked up the magazine this month and started with this article. If you have a subscription to PHP Architect, as you all should, you have access to past issues. I strongly recommend going back to January when this series started and reading the whole series. It's been a good read. It's been a fun journey. Yeah. You know what I love? We brought the, the comic back this month. I've missed that the past we couple. Did. <laughs> That's a good one. Got the... Got the little comic hidden in there. I uh, want to thank uh, Daniel Stor Story for allowing us to publish his comic strip. He he was very uh, graceful, gracious to let us do that. I, yeah. I do appreciate it. But yeah, we, we kind of let it slip a couple of issues just 
we get so busy, especially when the last couple of days of putting together the magazine is just like this crazy, you know, continue to proofread, uh, fix a few issues, get everything together. And John and I just, the whole adding the comic just slipped through. So mm-hmm. I do like the comics. <laughs> All right. Education Station, which license oh. to choose by Chris Tankersley? Uh, I so this is a continuation from last month when he talks about the history of open source licensing and he dives into specific licenses in the open source world and the benefits and drawbacks of them and what license might work best for your project or your package. Yeah, such a great read. Licensing in itself can be very confusing. Uh, it's so easy just to release code and not think about that, but it's something that you it, should think about up front. It's an important topic to understand on both ends. If you're a consumer of a package or project with an open source license, you need to understand what that license does to that package or project you're using from a consumer perspective as well. What What it grants you, what you're allowed to do with it. Yep, absolutely. And he even touches on the problems of using packages and projects with no licenses and why you should not do that. As always, a great read. Operational Security by Eric Mann. Eric takes us through a personal journey of one of his early projects in the world of operations and things to think about in keeping yourself and applications secure. Hey, John, we should talk about our sponsors. I love our sponsor, Honey Badger. Honeybadger.io, the web developer's secret weapon. HoneyBadger offers exception, uptime, and cron monitoring all in one place, and it is easily installed into your web application. Deploy with confidence and be your team's DevOps hero. Their list of features can fit a team of any size. Are you just starting out? Have a fantastic free plan for life that you can use while your traffic is low. Are you an established business? Perfect. You should have a system in place to alert you to errors in real time, not finding out when your web visitors complain, if they ever do. In addition, their third-party integrations will let you connect some of the most commonly used alerting services so that you can know at a moment's notice if things go wrong. Head over to honeybadger.io to sign up for a free account to get started. And while you are listening to a PHP podcast, HoneyBadger supports so many languages, including Ruby, JavaScript, Elixir, Python, Go, and so many more. Head over to honeybadger.io and start your trial today. And this month's The Workshop Joe Ferguson brings us accept testing with Codeception. And we screwed this up by saying this should be acceptance testing with Codeception. And Joe pointed out, no, he wants us to just accept testing with Codeception. Uh, Codeception is a great testing tool uh, for functional testing, especially. It's how I mainly use it uh, in my project. It's a a great package and he does a great job of walking us through uh, using it. It has to be the easiest way to get testing into your code base. It was one of the, my first exposures to to testing. I'm, I'm not going to say writing tests, but but testing my code base was Codeception. And uh, yeah, check it out. It, it's it's an easy way to say it. It's very intuitive. You can say, "I want to do something. I am on this page. I enter these things into the field. I click the submit button. What happens? Like I want to." confirm that something happens great way to start testing like you said there's still lots of little gotchas because of state right you when you're doing functional testing especially you've got to deal with the state of your database the state of the application so it can be tricky but not not something to shy away from get test into your code base and ddd alley edward bernard 
writes, when the new requirement arrives, and this is a challenge a lot of us have to address in legacy code bases. And the thing I really, really enjoy about this article is Ed talks specifically about the solid principles. The The topic of the article is what do you do when you have an established code base and new requirements surface? How do you implement those? And it's not just a matter of, okay, what do you want? Let me code that. There are some principles and concepts you should keep in mind consideration when doing it. And the biggest one he talks about is the solid principle. We're going to continue. Last month, we introduced a new column with PSRs. This month, we introduced another new column called Drupal Dab. We had a contributor come to us uh, say, hey, I'd love to write about Drupal for you. Uh, Nico, Nicola, Nicola? Nicola Pignatelli. Pignatelli. Uh, brings us the first article in this series, and it's Drupal 9 Introduction and Installation. Does a great job of uh, introducing us to what Drupal is and then how to get the latest version installed. I don't know about you, John, but I think every PHP developer at some point or another either well back in my day it was php nuke i php nuke was one of the first kind of big projects i implemented but and then php bb mm-hmm. then you have uh wordpress and then drupal like mm-hmm. I, I don't think php bb and php nuke are so much a thing anymore but wordpress and drupal it feels like every php developer at some point in their career will implement those projects yep and I, I remember installing Drupal. It's been a long time, uh, and I'm ecstatic that they've continued on. I mean, I didn't know they they were up to version nine. Maybe it's something I need to look at again. And if I'm not mistaken, the big thing with version nine is it moved over to Symphony. Uh, Symphony components for sure. I, I don't know if it's the full Symphony framework. I forget now. I, I had done interviews in the past with Drupal developers, but but Drupal nine was a was this big uh, big thing, big change. Um, the Drupal ecosystem in general, from a developer's perspective, and actually developing for Drupal, the packages, and the Drupal core base, is very tight-knit community, uh, very welcoming, very helpful. Um, so, yeah, Drupal is, is a fun thing. I, I need to take another look at it. It's been a while for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to PHP Puzzles, making some change with Oscar Moretta, one of the more challenging things to work for. One of the more challenging things to work with in PHP next to time is probably money. <laughs> and floating point numbers in general, yes. Yes, floating point numbers in general. So last month's challenge was to how to make some change, and Oscar goes through some of the solutions that he has for you. He does, a, as usual, a great job of you know breaking it down into various ways of completing the puzzle. Uh, like I always like to say, don't just go with necessarily a procedural approach. Take the time to learn maybe a, a new design pattern you want to try. There's different ways of solving problems and you don't have to, it's not necessarily just about getting the correct answer. Sometimes it's, you're, we're using it in a way to test our own abilities to push ourselves and learn something new, but have it an ultimate goal at the same time. And then PSR pickup, Frank Wallen brings us PSR 12 extended coding style standard. Again, just continuing to teach us about the different PSRs that are out there, why we might want to use them, what each one brings to the table. Uh, Again, having, especially when you're on a team, having a cohesive coding style 
is so beneficial. And even when you're by yourself, I was a sole developer for years and was constantly changing my coding style for better or worse, you know, right? I, I Changing it may have shown that I was growing in what I was learning, but there were also times where I just kind of fell back in old patterns versus having a dedicated coding standard and sticking to it so that, you know, your code is a little easier to read. And finally, tech is taking sides with Beth Tucker Law. This is a tough topic for a tech magazine, but one we can't avoid talking about anymore. With the events that are happening in the world, specifically in Beth's article, she talks about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. She highlights how tech can no longer sit idly by as things happen in the world because our industry and our tech is such an important role in the globe in general and touches every aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And so what Beth touches on in this article is how a lot of tech companies have taken a stand in this invasion and, you know, are not allowing Russia to use their services in trying to help, uh, the people of Ukraine. This is a topic uh, John and I go into a lot more on our PHP Ugly podcast. We had a long-standing policy of not talking about politics and tech because it's just a, a polarizing topic, really. And we didn't feel it was our place to kind of have these discussions. But here in the U.S., we noticed the previous uh, presidential administration into the that uh, election, how big of a role tech and tech companies had played in American politics. And we'd gotten to a point where, you know, you can't avoid talking about it anymore and you can't not be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you want to, you want to appeal to a, a wide base, right? So it's hard to sometimes state your opinions because you don't want to be off-putting to potential customers or partnerships down the road. But at the end of the day, you have opinions. If they're if it's going to affect you, so be it. And I think that's the, the point of this article is a lot of companies such as SpaceX and uh, lots of others are taking a stance and letting it be known. That's going to be it for our April 2022 edition. Keep listening. Keep coding. And And keep keep reading. reading. This has been PHP Podcast, the official podcast of PHP Architect, the industry's leading tech magazine and publisher focused on PHP and web development. Subscribe today at phparch.com to see what the leaders in the community and industry are talking about.